she has been telling it like it is and like it should be for all those years. And she's done it when it wasn't popular and people really didn't want to hear it. The problem was she kept getting results and more results and better results and more and better and more and better. She walked her talk and, as I, I jokingly say, all the way to the bank. That was John Fogg speaking, and he was introducing me on his radio program, actually the Tom Chenault radio program, with his sidekick Marianne. And the topic of this interview is, is there life after herbal life? This is Kim Claver, and of course he's referring to the decision that came down four or five days ago where the FTC basically instructed Herbalife, one of the top 10 companies in the network marketing industry worldwide, to completely redo their marketing plan and their pay plan and restructure their business in ways that make it focus almost totally on how to build a business with customers, regular customers, instead of by primarily recruiting people into the business. So this is about that, and here we go. is now coming around on the guitar full force with this deal with Herbalife and the FTC. And that's an emphasis on customer acquisition and stop flashing checks and bragging about money and dangling that six-figure income in three months carrot. Let's get real and see just how great this business can be done the right way. This lady wrote the book, and that is, if my product's so great, how come I can't sell it? And she went right after the single most important thing network marketers need to know, and that's what to say to people. And her name is Kim Claver. Are you here, my dear? Before we dive in to Is There Life After Herbal Life, I would love to hear you tell us why you think network marketing is a remarkable business model. What, what are its real virtues, Kim? I would say that it allows somebody to start a little business of their own and get regular income from regular long-term customers. So there's that. I think the other thing that people really enjoy a lot are the events, the meetings, the events, the socializing, the motivational good stuff, the personal development, those are the kinds of things that we, people really enjoy. And I think that's a wonderful thing that the business has. I mean, I built five of them to the top. To me, I always liked the income a lot, and I knew how to make a lot because I always was a really good recruiter, but I also loved the customers because that gives that stable income. But I would say that's the idea that somebody can start out, not have to lay out really a lot of money, like a franchise, 40000 50000 bucks, you can start with a few thousand dollars and kind of learn a little bit the ropes of learning how to do a business and how to market product and get do sales but with a twist where you get your customer and if they stay, you make that money like a jingle, like a record producer, like Madonna. You, every time this thing is played, every time the customer orders, you make some money. And I think that's a wonderful thing. Kim, you've got some practical expertise as a marketer and a teacher of marketing. Um, 
us about network marketing as a marketing methodology and its viability? I think it depends on how it's implemented. If a person wants to make, for example, get their product free, there's probably not much of an issue going to your friends and family and seeing if somebody wants to, to buy it from you so you have enough sales to get your product free. I think uh, using that approach primarily and only going to friends and family or putting flyers on doors and things like that, doing that to earn five or 10000 a month is not as viable, which is, of course, why people don't, not very many people make that kind of income. So I think on the marketing side, what's good is that if you want your product free and you're looking for a few hundred bucks a month, the approaches that, that are in the industry now, going to your friends and family and talking to them, probably are not too bad. But if you want to earn five or $10,000 a month, I think we need to do some real marketing and figure out who the audience is for the products that we've got instead of pretending that every single person is going to want the product, everyone with skin is going to want the skincare product, because that's just simply not true. And I think what happens, particularly to the women, whom I'm a great defender of, and even some of the guys, is they feel bad about no's that they get, and they feel rejected, and they, they fall on the sword. But, you know, you take any of our skincare companies, I work with all of them, and the typical product is 85 bucks, $90 a month. Well, if you go to people you know or people that you don't or hit them up on the street and they're using $6 Pond's cream, how likely is it that they're going to switch over and be an $85 a month customer when they're spending 6 bucks for Pond's? So, you see, I think that the more money we want to say you can make in this business, the more marketing teaching we need to do, and that would include showing people what is an audience, who is likely to want what we have. And it's never going to be everyone any more than it is in any other business. Do you have any defense for the people who go out with a predominant recruiting mindset? Is that at all viable or not? It depends. I did that, and I know how to do that. I think it really depends on how you say you're making money. If you think about the Herbalife decision, I have read that and read the analyst, the financial analyst, because I'm just very curious to see what's going to happen to the industry. And the decision basically affects recruiters, the old-time, main-time recruiters. If I were doing a business right now, of course, I'd have a lot of customers, but I also know how to recruit and bring in five and ten and fifteen and $20,000 orders. That's what we did. But I think that part of the industry is, has changed with the, with the decision. And because they're not really selling, there's really no end user when I did a $5,000 water filter order, I didn't really sell it. I bought it or I got someone else to buy it from the company. So there's really no end user for that whole bunch of product. And what the decision has done really is taken the basically the sales out from under the massive recruiters uh, because that's where the fast money comes. As a person who loves fast money, loves big money, the money, the big fast money, the 10000 20, 30, 40, 50000 a month in your first 90 to 120 days can only be made one way in our industry, and that is getting giant orders on which we get 10 to 30%, 40%, whatever it is. And I think that the decision has basically taken the sales out of that because right now, based on microscopically looking at this agreement that Herbalife has agreed to, you cannot get paid on most of that stuff. Two-thirds 
of your order volume has to be from retail customers or preferred customers, neither of whom are signed up with the company, whether they're preferred customers, which is a standing order, or whether they're retail customers. So if you're a recruiter, and I know plenty of top producers who have no customers because the customers are the reps, you know, the people who use the product. And based on this decision, that's not going to fly. So somebody who's making, you know, I would, if I were an Herbalife top distributor, I would be worried about whether or not I'm going to be paid anything next month based on this decision, which says two-thirds of your order volume has to be from retail customers or preferred customers, neither of whom are signed up with the company. Well, you know, one recruit order for, say, a $5,000, say $2,000, you've got to make six, five, 600 bucks. And how many customers do you need at 50 to 60 $70 a month when you make 5 bucks on each one? You need, like, 500 customers. Nobody has them. So I would say the methodology worked for many years, and now people feel like we're just selling to each other. There are no end users, and that's what the FTC basically has decided. Well, I think I was told you lead with the opportunity. If they don't want to build a business, they can always become customers. I don't think Kim plays that way. So my question is, Kim, obviously with this herbal life decision with the FTC, those of us who grew up that way have to shift. What are you telling us that we can and or should be doing? If I were going to join something, I'm not in any company right now, and if I, if I were going to join something, I would make absolutely sure that people – this is something I've done my whole life, by the way, recruiting or not recruiting – that people really love the product that I have for them. And when I did the water filters, the reason I sold so many of them to end users in the beginning, like, I don't know, $90,000 worth in 60 days or some really large number of people bought these things, not distributors, users. And the reason is that I was in love with clean water already. So to me, to get something that was a nickel a gallon instead of a dollar a gallon, you stick it on your faucet instead of schlepping it up the stairs with the, you know, I had to hire college kids to get these giant gallons of water. I'm sure you remember the days, John. I'm sure you're a filtered water person yourself. So that to me was like a no-brainer. So if people come into this industry and this business thinking, okay, I want to market a product that is an extension of who I already am, that whether it's high-end skincare without toxins, whether it's some kind of personal care product where you have, like, one application instead of five applications, or, you know, whether you're growing vegetables at home with some kind of a vegetable-growing gizmo. If it's something that is a part of who you already are, it makes it, number one, a lot easier to spread the word and find people like that who share those points of view. And my training would be trying to – I would teach my folks – how to find people who share those values first. So we'd have people who say, I want to sign up, but, you know, I don't really need the product, and we'd never let them sign up, ever. If you don't love the product, then you won't do the work to learn to market well enough. You won't stick with it. You'll drop out. So you got to love it. And I would make them love it and be on it before I'd sign them up as a distributor in every company I've ever done. And then they could become a distributor. So I would just lay down the law and say, that's how it is. And if you don't want to do it, fine. You don't have to work with me. That's all right. See, we keep people. So I would find the lovers who, not because they want to get 10 bucks a product, but because they know that they'll be finding people who share certain values, which makes for pretty much an instant relationship. I know you like a lot of relationship marketing stuff. And 
you can make an instant relationship if you share big values like I want to have a skincare line that doesn't have any toxins and that doesn't do this and doesn't do that. And the more specific your values are around that, the more somebody who hears their name being called goes, well, yeah, me too. That's like finding out that you had the same kindergarten teacher and you haven't seen each other. You fall in love on the spot. You hug and kiss. You got an instant relationship based on values. So that's, and I would find people say, look, this is a product where you can also sell it if you want to. You can get yours free if that's all you want to do. And if you want to make some major money, then you get tens of thousands of customers like Apple. That's what they have. They don't have any downline. Apple has 300 million people in their database with their credit cards. So if you get a couple thousand, you should be in chips. You want to do that or not? I'll show you what to do. That's what I would do. So I'm just saying that's how I would build the business, and, and it would get you out of this trouble, you see, that the, comp- that, that the industry is in. The perception of us is that we're icky because we tell yeah. kind of everybody says, well, it's kind of icky. It has a negative connotation. Why? Well, because we tell people, oh, you could make 10000 bucks a month, twenty grand a month. Look, this bookstore clerk did it. Look, the tuna boat fisherman did it. Look, this guy who was a waiter. Look at him. And nobody tells that those people took 10 years to get there. We don't get to see the rocky stories on our stage. Yeah, the beginning. Kim, we're going to take a quick break. Show me Rocky. Right? And round nine and a half, he wins. We missed the whole boat. One of the things that really got my attention with you from the very first, and it's especially so in your book, if my product's so great, how come I can't sell it, is that we've got to be calling people's names. And you've offered something that I think is just tremendously tantalizing, and I can't imagine any network marketer not desperately seeking to know what you teach, and that is how do you get people asking you because when people ask you, you've got full permission to to say what it is that you do and what you have to offer. How do we do that, Kim? Well, there are lots of different situations. So, for example, online, a lot of people have Facebook pages or they'll have a Facebook profile. And I do this constantly on my own Facebook profile. If, for example, if the distributor knows what the values are that they have around the product. Let's say that she's taking a sleeping aid of some kind and she's because she doesn't want to do take drugs or take meds or take some kind of pill over the counter. She wants to have something that is that doesn't have toxic stuff in it, that doesn't have stimulants, that's not addictive, something like say she has a sleeping aid like that. Because her values are, I want to be able to sleep, slow my brain down at night so I can go to sleep, but I don't want the drugs, I don't want anything I'm going to get addicted to, and I don't want to get meds. Let's say that's her value set. She can then lead with that on her Facebook page and find out something about the product purpose, because presumably she has these values, and she might put out some tips and say something like on her page or on her profile, three ways to fall asleep at night without taking any drugs. And then she could give a tip, like whatever the different tips are for how to sleep at night. Three things not to do at night if you want to go to sleep. And she could look all these things up, but as somebody who, like, who's concerned about sleeping, one of them obviously is, is lay off the alcohol. Instead, eat a half a potato. Well, who would ever know that? And it should be lukewarm, a half a potato that's lukewarm and cooked. 
you know? And so you would start giving tips about the purpose of the product, namely how to sleep better, and you could find three or four or five different things that you should know how to do if those values matter to you, like getting dark drapes and whatnot, and you put these tips on your Facebook profile to demonstrate that you know something about people who have sleeping problems that is not selling your product. And if you do that, month, couple, maybe a tip a day, and for a week or two, that's what I do on my page with for people who are network marketers, you know, three ways to say no first, how to find your first 100 customers in 100 days on Facebook without paying a penny. And these are the techniques that we teach. So you establish yourself first as somebody who knows about the product purpose without asking for money. And then people come to your page who have an interest in learning tricks around sleeping at night, for example, that don't involve drugs or medications. Then you can put something on your page that says, you know, come on to my email list and I'll give you a PDF with nine other tips. Once the person is on your email list, you see, you can give them more tips and you can then market your, say, PS. If you'd like to know what I use to sleep, hit reply and I'll tell you what I use. That's how I've done everything. I have people coming to me for every single thing that I have in, with this style. Now, something that, uh, for the readers, I mean, for the listeners who are still in the mode of talking to people, and you kind of go, well, how do you talk to people? <laughs> Particularly since we all know that nothing's for everyone. In fact, like Seth Godin says, most products are for nobody. That's kind of how it is. Everybody has 1% market share. That's 1 in 100. It's not like 10 in 10. So if you're going to call your friends and family, one thing that we have done a lot, and that's in the orange book, you know, if my products are great, how come I can't sell it, is we'll call them, hey, Aunt Lou, you probably don't know this, but, you know, I'm marketing this little high-end skincare, you know, for people who really care about their skin, they like to get facials and stuff like that, and who don't want to have toxic stuff in their, in their skincare product. So do you know anyone who might like to know about something like that? So what are you doing? Hey, Aunt Lulu, you know, I'm doing this now. I'm playing tennis. I'm playing golf. Do you know anybody who plays golf or tennis? So you're making them your ambassador, put them to work for you, and they'll start thinking about who they might know. You save the relationship, they know what you're doing, and you hang up. Boom. Kim, one of the most brilliant things in a career of brilliant things you've ever said is that last line. Do you know anyone who'd be interested in learning about a product like that? When I... When I first heard that, I fell over, literally and physically, because that takes the confrontation out of it. It puts the person you're talking to in the position of making a recommendation. And so frequently when I used that, the answer was, yeah, me. I think that's just gorgeous. Kim, what are the things you taught me? Um, and I have repeated it more times than I can count, is that most of the men and women who come into this business are amateur marketers. What I mean by that is that they've got no formal training and, and not much, if any, formal experience, and yet we're asking them to become professional marketers. And for me, that shortcut, which I learned from you that I teach people, is First thing to do, market to yourself. Go out and find people who share your needs and wants for the product and would enjoy the results you're enjoying. Same thing with the business opportunity. Am I on the right track with that? Yep, 
civil life, the FTC has section H in here, and it's, here's what it says. Herbalife may not pay any of their distributors, the new recruit, any money, and they cannot recruit anyone or sponsor anyone until the participant, which would be the new recruit, has successfully completed a training course conducted by Herbalife that is focused on the following topics. And then they list the topics, including buying only the amount of product that the participant expects to sell in the near future, how to document retail sales, how not to falsify retail sales, how to identify and account for business-related expenses, how to calculate profit and loss, how to create a business budget, that sort of stuff. We've never done that in this industry. In, in all the company materials, I mean, I've seen a lot of them. The idea of teaching marketing is a lot of stuff about the product, a lot of stuff about the comp plan, but absolutely nothing about finding the ideal audience for the product and the values that it represents. And that's the missing piece. Because once you know that you're looking for people who like finding the right size shoe, if you go to Nordstrom's, there are 5,000 pairs of shoes. And if the guy comes up to me, he's going to say, well, who are you shopping for, yourself, your kids, or your husband? And I'll say, me, great. Half the shoes are just out of the running. What kind of shoes do you want? Well, I want running shoes. Well, that means nine-tenths of all the women's shoes are out of the running. What kind do you want? Well, I want Nike. So that's another lopping off 40, 50%. I want size 8 that lops off nearly all the shoes, and I want white. By the time I've done specifying my values, I want a woman's running white Nike size 8 shoe, they bring me five pairs of shoes. Those are the prospects. Of those five, one of them buys, and that's what we do. That's the process. One of the things you teach people is a script in answer to the question of what do you do, I know we've got about three minutes or so left. Can you jam the essence of that in, into letting people know how important that is and how to do it? Well, I think what you do can be really – often I've taught people to say, look, I market a product for people who yada, 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 and yada, yada, yada – like the way I used to be, or I could say a sleeping aid for people who haven't been able to get to sleep at night, but they don't want to do meds or drugs, like the way I used to be. Do you know anyone who might like to know about something like that? God, I feel that. Do you know anyone? Oh, I I'd love like to that know about something so like that. Because uh-huh. that way you make everyone your ambassador, and you're not the dork. You'll always have a place to go for Christmas dinner. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't you think? Yeah, I remember oh, one, I of the example, one of the examples you used was being a, at something like a church picnic and wanting a, wanting a partner for somebody to play tennis. And r- rather than addressing every single person there, the golfers and the motorcycle riders and the drivers, you know, you stood up on the table and said, hey, would anybody like to play tennis? We We try and go out and sell to everybody. And as you said, what Seth Godin said, you know, nobody wants our product. That's right. Almost nobody. But almost nobody wants Madonna either. Out of 300 million people, she sells, I don't know, 190,000 albums. That's almost nobody. It's a fraction of a percent. But it's enough to keep that girl in chips. Millions. You have to learn how to find your audience. That means you need to think about who they might be. And the, the new people who come in, 
I mean, this really sounds hackneyed, but it is not really their fault. This is what they're taught. Kim, I want to ask you a question here. So with everything that's going on, what do you see that we will all have to do to comply to these things that are coming up for this herbal life? You know, and what the shift is going to be for this profession so that we can really, truly become more successful? I would say the number one answer to that is in the recruiting meetings to stop making it sound like anyone can do this. It can be anyone that makes it to the top, but that's not the same as anyone can do this. Anyone clearly, obviously, based on the numbers, cannot. So I think the number one thing is not after people are signed up, but what needs to happen is people need to stop saying. And, you know, basically Herbalife has been prohibited now from saying anything like quit your job or be set for life or earn, I'm quoting from the settlement, be set Mm -hmm. for life, earn millions of dollars, make more money than you ever have imagined, realize unlimited income. These are literally in the complaint that Herbalife signed. No more descriptions of images of opulent mansions, private helicopters, private jets, yachts, exotic automobiles, or similarly, substantially similar presentations. And it's not that these things are not achievable. It's that the way they're represented, it's the last five minutes of the Rocky movie, where all you see is the success of a former waiter, a tuna boat fisherman, a washerwoman. The the lowest level social people, they'll drag up and say, look, they made $30,000 in, I don't know, six weeks or two months. And nobody knows they brought over 20 people from their last company. That's, there's always a story of some kind. And so it's because of that that people who are new, particularly women, because we're 80, what, 3% women in this thing, they think, well, what's wrong with me? It's been 90 days. I haven't made $30,000. All five people I talked to said no. And the one I sold, it, it was sent back. Every one of my customers thinks it's them. That's the way women are. We go, it must be me. It must be me. That's what it is. I can't do this. And so we we interfere with self-esteem. I think if these folks, and I tell them all, look, these guys that are in front of the room, they have achieved. You could not achieve that with a job. That's why we have a business because there's no upper limit. But there's also a lot of learning to do. You have to learn to sell and market and promote such a way that people come to you. That's what I teach. That's what one wants to learn to do. And to tell somebody that it's easy, like recommending a restaurant, is a travesty. I think it's horrible to say those things because it's not like recommending a restaurant. 95% of the people drop out of our industry that are in the trying to make some money, and nobody ever stops recommending a restaurant because there's no agenda. When you recommend a product, you have an agenda that eventually comes out. Well, here's my number, or here it is in my purse. You can get it for $95 or whatever. And people feel that, particularly women among friends. So it's a really important thing to let people know that sales and marketing is something, is a skill set. And we want to find people that share our values. That's what needs to be done. Instead of pretending, number one, everybody will want this, everybody with a skin is going to want this, everybody that's overweight is going to want this, is false. So you're you're teaching folks about an audience, people who share certain values. And then we're going to present to them in such a way that you demonstrate that you know something more than just about your product. Because you think about anything you buy. You know, why do we go to, I don't know, Tiffany's? Because the people there could probably tell you about the history of the gold in the ring. 
And it makes us feel really good that we're being taken care of by somebody who's not just some clerk looking at their cell phone every three seconds. These people know a lot of stuff, and we want to be those people. We want to be people, if we're selling an alternative to regular sleeping pills, that know 15 ways to help you sleep and build up confidence and build up authority to these other people. And then when we recommend any product we have, they're much more likely to buy. We want to become people of value, not just somebody who's looking for a quick buck. And again, I'm talking about people that want to make three, four, five, six, seven thousand dollars a month. So the industry needs to recognize everyone does not want this. Please stop saying this. It's not easy. Otherwise, why is everybody dropping out? And I guess, and the other thing that one could talk about are, I have worked with a lot of nutritional companies and I'm very per into nutrition. But if they could state, you know, instead of saying, well, let me tell you about Dr. Dingling, the science of this product is just going to make your head spin. Nobody cares. What people care about is what is this product going to do for me? Is it really going to grow my hair back? Is it really going to make those wrinkles be thinner? Because then I want to know what it is. The people want to know first what it's going to do for them. So that's the first thing that should be in any training. What does this product do and for whom? And once we start thinking in that way, then the people who are distributors for, for our companies will be those who already have those values. It's very hard to go wrong. I sell more than, I mean, I sold a lot of stuff in all my companies. Very few people beat me, just a few, but not many. And it's because I, you know, and I get very few no's, very few, almost none. I have a new training program I'm marketing right now, and it's pretty pricey in the thousands of dollars. And I target exactly who I'm looking for, people who share the values, and when they show me that they're the right ones, I sign them up, and I have yet to hear a no from anybody. Kim, Kim, you've got to get out of here. Can you, you tell I mean? people quickly how to get in touch with you? What's the best place to learn about you? Probably KimClaverAcademy.com. That's where I have a resource to cite there, and there's a lot of freebie stuff for those of you that want to kind of get a taste before you spend any money. That's what I would do. Pretty wonderful. This is good. I love Kim.